Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. Uh, We're glad that you've joined us. I wish I had better news for you, uh, those of you that listen to this program, but unfortunately, we have to report that the Ohio Christian Alliance, along with the concerned citizens of Medina City, have lost their case before the state Supreme Court. This was a voting rights case on a referendum issue of the LGBTQ ordinance that was passed by City Hall last year, and the referendum petition of July of 2019 was circulated by concerned citizens of the city, and they secured enough signatures to go onto the ballot, submitted them to the uh, city auditor's office, who in turn then turned them to the Board of Elections, who then uh, discredited the uh, petitions and said that um, 59 of the signatures had non-matching issues. Well, we're going to talk about that because we took our case to the state Supreme Court, and unfortunately, the court just came down with a 7-0 to decision against us, against voting rights, folks. This is important for you. So if your right to vote, your privilege to vote means anything to you, you're going to want to listen to this broadcast. Well, first of all, I want to tell you about the state Supreme Court case. You can find it online at the Ohio Supreme Court, and it is case number 2020-0179. You can also go to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance, and we'll have it right at the top. We'll also have our press release. And, of course, what happened back in February is we filed a case, a voting rights case, at the state Supreme Court. At that time, when we did that, uh, the court then began to receive the different responses from city government, county officials there in Medina, in response to our case that was filed. And then, of course, um, the Citizens Committee was responding by their attorney, Josh Brown, who was uh, making the case that the 47 affidavits, these were people who had their signatures wrongfully invalidated for what the the board termed non-matching signature. Now, also understand something. There was a conflict of interest on the Board of Elections. The chairwoman is Pam Miller, a Democrat, and she's the one who brought the measure, meaning the LGBTQ ordinance idea to City Hall for passage, and yet she's the one that was over the review of our petitions. Folks, do you smell uh, a rat? Because that's exactly what it is. And then even the Republican chairman of the county, he uh, Chuck, uh, he, he basically stated that he didn't want anybody circulating that referendum petition, so he spoke of his uh, objections to it. And yet he was the other one that was reviewing. And so their people were the ones who reviewed the petitions. Not a very fair or balanced process, for sure. We made that case to the state Supreme Court. Then the citizens who had their signatures wrongfully invalidated, when we came to them and said, hey, we need you to sign a sworn affidavit and can we have a copy of your photo ID to prove that this is you, they were upset that their signatures were wrongfully invalidated. In fact, then, they eagerly signed a sworn affidavit. To get one affidavit is a big deal. To get 47 of them, now the the board said we were 44 short, so we made it three over. And then we asked the attorneys, what should we do? They said, well, you should go to court. A sworn affidavit is what is basically the weighty of law. In fact, folks, when you go to court, what do you do? You put your hand on the Bible and you say, 
I, tell, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, so help me God. That's a sworn affidavit. And they, the court turned back on its own precedence of the very thing in which exists court in law and justice in this land is the sworn testimony by the citizens. You're listening to News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We want you to read this case because this is important, folks. This is a basically voting rights case. And let me read to you our press release today. Ohio Supreme Court shamefully denies due process in voting rights case of Medina City citizens. Today, the Ohio Supreme Court denied the voting rights of the citizens of Medina City, who had been wrongfully blocked from the ballot as 47 registered voters had their signatures wrongfully invalidated by the Medina County Board of Elections in relation, in the relation to the referendum petition of Medina City Ordinance 112-19, passed by Medina City Council on July 8, 2019. The Supreme Court went against its own precedent from just three years ago, in which they granted mandamus action in a similar case of non-matching signatures. OCA President Chris Long made the following statement. This is a sad day for the voting rights of Ohio citizens. As an organization that has encouraged voting participation in voter education, it is disheartening to see the state's highest court deny due process to my fellow Ohio citizens. This is a clarion call to all grassroots public policy citizen groups across Ohio that encourage voter participation by way of initiative petition, referendum, charter amendment, and constitutional amendment. With today's decision, this is all in jeopardy as the court has now set a precedent that corrupt, biased partisans who work the boards of election can discriminately um, has now said it, uh, invalidate duly registered voters from the petitions at the whim of what they consider non-matching signature in violation of voting rights. This may not be the end of the road for this case. Voting rights is a national federal issue, and we may consider a federal lawsuit. I say emphatically, shame on the Ohio Supreme Court. Many will be watching this case and have lost faith in our judiciary as a result. We may now seek relief through the federal courts, as many have encouraged us to do so. The stakes are just as high. In a time when our civil liberties are being suspended, the state's highest court should have, better, should have known better than to send this message during a time that many consider to be a constitutional crisis. At the end of the day, these are elected officials. We won't be voting for them in November. And that's our press release today in response to the negative decision by the Ohio Supreme Court. With me on the phone is citizens who worked hard and long to circulate the petition of referendum on the city ordinance of LGBTQ special rights, which included public accommodation, meaning members of the opposite sex using the restroom, locker rooms, showers, and athletic programs of their choice, putting at risk the privacy rights of women and children in the city of Medina. With me is Maureen Noth, who, of course, was the named plaintiff in the case. Also, Wendy and Linda were volunteers in Medina, and they joined me on the phone as well. Ladies, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Well, Marie, this is a sad day. I mean, thankfully, you stood forward as a resident, a longtime resident of the city of Medina, 
And you were part of the uh, Citizens Committee. You were named on the referendum petition itself as it was circulated. You worked long and hard uh, to go to your fellow citizens to secure their signatures. How do you feel about this? Well, I'm, of course, uh, very disappointed uh, after all of our work. And uh, I was proud to be the plaintiff in this and believed in it. Uh, I guess I'm uh, in, in reading the case, there there's so many things that they said that we didn't present. We didn't pre- present enough evidence, I guess, to prove clear and convincing evidence. Um, I guess one of the things was, Maybe we should have put the reason they invalidated the signatures and also maybe a copy of the voting cards with the original signatures that maybe we should have presented. But we thought, you know, just having the affidavits, uh, the uh, photo IDs, the statement that they wanted this to be counted uh, was enough. And I still think it was enough. We worked very hard going back to these 47 people and getting their signatures, the affidavit explaining this all, and now um, all the seven justices ruled against us, and uh, it's just very, uh, very, I'm very surprised and disappointed. Well, thank you for standing forward and being so bold in the community to be the named plaintiff representing the Concerned Citizens Committee. Uh, Wendy, your thoughts on this? You know, I think it's very disappointing, um, Chris. We spent several um, weeks um, walking and talking to members of the community of the city of Medina. Um, and one thing I, I would like to point out is that, you know, we were talking to all voters. Um, you know, we weren't looking at if someone was a registered Republican, Democrat, Independent. Um, and the consensus was that, you know, members of the community wanted the opportunity to vote on this issue. Um, and many people had no idea that it had passed. They were left out of that process. And, you know, I think in a time right now where many do not trust their government, um, it's very unfortunate that, you know, we've received this ruling. Um, just personally, I can speak to a couple of individuals that signed the petition that I know lived in the city of Medina, were registered voters, um, one of them being an actual um, spouse to an elected official, and um, her signature um, was was discarded. Um, so again, you know, we worked very hard. Most people in the community, majority of the people in the community, wanted a voice. They wanted their voice to be heard. And you know, I think this is an issue of what you're seeing is you're seeing so many things being done behind closed doors. Um, and then again, we take it this route, and then we get a seven zero, um, you know, ruling against us. Um, in what's supposed to be, you know, a fair, um, you know, a, a, a fair Supreme Court system. So it really makes you question, you know, what um, what um, individuals are on the Supreme Court, and 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 maybe, you know, we need to look at that a little closer to see what's going on down there in Columbus. Very, very, very disappointing. That's right. Thank you, Wendy, for your volunteerism on this and spending lots of hours a year ago in July walking. Uh, the community and talking to your neighbors and securing their signatures. We're going to be putting a letter out to the nearly 1,200 citizens who signed this petition and explain to them uh, the long process we have been trying to fight to get this on the ballot. And unfortunately, the state Supreme Court has made a political decision at this point. Linda, your thoughts on this? Oh, I am so, so upset. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I think people... People should be very concerned 
that their votes were not being heard. Um, we did everything correct. Medina stood down. Um, we really need to consider who we're going to vote for in November. Um, the people that we trusted were going to do the right thing because they've taken an oath to do the right thing. And Medina stood down. There were many times that the affidavits and signatures sat around on people's desks, and we had to inquire as to what was going on with them to move them forward. Um, you would think that they would want to move them forward and have them reviewed and do the right thing that they took an oath to do. So that's very scary, I think, for all voters. And I, I just think we did everything right, and everyone just looked away. So really consider who you're going to vote for in November. Um, there's a lot of people that are, say they're Republicans, conservatives, and they were nowhere around to help. That is so true. In fact, uh, the county prosecutor, Forrest Thompson, uh, he's on the ballot in November, will just say this, that he was the one giving advisement to the Board of Elections. Uh, and he was telling them to stand down. He was telling them to take no action. And I even talked to him. I said, people are entitled to due process. They presented a petition for review of these affidavits and of these petitions. He said, I've advised them to take no position, to take, uh, to take no action. We made three appeals on the local level, and that remained to be their position. So folks in Medina, they need to make a determination of what they're going to do, whether they're going to uh, retain Mr. Thompson or whether they're going to send him home. Uh, that's up for the voters because they, he's denied, in my opinion, their voting rights by not allowing their appeal to be heard. They shouldn't even had to have gone to court and to spent that thing. You know, that should have been done with local officials, and that's what you're trying to do is give everybody an opportunity to do their sworn office responsibility, whether they worked at the Board of Elections or whether they worked for the county prosecutor's office, who was the representing attorney for the county officials. That's why he was included. Let me read to you the uh, uh, portion of the writ. They say, we deny the writ and deny the request for oral argument. This is the Supreme Court talking in their decision. Realtors have failed to prove by clear and convincing evidence that the 47 signatures at issue were invalidated in the first place. That doesn't even make sense. And their constitutional arguments fail because this mandamus action is sufficient to protect any rights to procedural due process that realtors may have. When I read that to an attorney and a judge today, he said, that's crazy. He said, First of all, that you got a 7-0 to zero decision. He said, I know some of the people in the court. He said this was a political decision. So we have to say, nobody wanted to go against the LGBTQ community here. They wanted to vote with them. We didn't make it about that. We made it about the voting rights. We wanted an opportunity back in the community to vote on the issue, to discuss the issue with city council, uh, to send it back to city council. This all started back last July when citizens showed up to an open hearing and said, wait, before you pass this ordinance, we have some concerns. And remember, Linda, Wendy, Marie, when they rejected our concerns and said, well, we're just going to go ahead and vote for this anything. Wait, do you remember? You all remember that? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. The runaround. And, yeah, and that's what we had to do. And you, you, We talked that night. You say, well, what can we do? I said, a referendum petition. And so we discussed that. And a referendum petition is the right of the citizens to 
circulated petition to put the issue on the ballot then for the people to decide. It's that simple. That's a voting rights case. Then when you have the same corrupt politicians at the Board of Elections invalidating, in, wrongfully invalidating your signatures, and then you pr- produce evidence in a sworn statement, an affidavit is a big way of law in the courts. You know, this is a bad day for the courts. When I say that this is a sad day, uh, and actually an embarrassing day for the courts, I mean that, folks, because the whole court system is based upon we swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And when you provide the evidence that you are who you say you are, and the court says, oh, no, you didn't prove that. Well, photo ID with a sworn statement with your signature is as much evidence as you need in any kind of official document, whether it's a mortgage or whether it's banking institutions and anything. Should have been good or enough for the court. Wendy, your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I just think right now we're in a time where, again, we have this situation here where you know, individuals, we, we supply the supporting data, and the seven individuals on the Supreme Court completely ignored it. So it makes you wonder what truly is going on in Ohio. And government should be, you know, for the people, of the people. And, you know, looking at the state level right now with the unconstitutional mandates that are coming down on, you know, citizens of Ohio and businesses, that's right. To close, open, wear your mask. On churches, threatening churches with uh, churches, uh, uh, closure and fines over the face mask order. We're going to be talking about that in an upcoming program. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this all ties in where, you know, again, whether it's the Supreme Court, whether it is, you know, our elected official um, in the 16th District here in Medina, whether it is our state rep, our county prosecutor, our county commissioners, you know, where are these people? What are they actually doing? And they're totally bypassing um, the residents and the citizens. And again, I I just continue with um, the thing I continue to hear from citizens is we had no idea this was going on, and we want the opportunity to vote. So individuals signed it, whether they were Republican, Democrat, Independent, they were registered voters. We then followed up, secured all the documentation um, to prove that it was their signature, and again, just the tossing back and forth from the city to the county to the board of elections, um, it's frightening. And I, I think people not only in the city of Medina, I think in the state of Ohio, need to be asking questions of our elected official and the Republican Party. What is going on? Uh, that, those are great points, Wendy, and absolutely. And see, sunshine, light, is a disinfectant. And folks, what we're doing is shining a light on this problem. And this happens to be the city of Medina and the county of Medina. But there's people in Westerville waiting to see what happened with this case. And now what they're going to realize is that, well, they're going to have to move forward with a charter amendment because they had a similar ordinance with public accommodation. And by the way, for those of you that are marking this thing, uh, the court did not decide, the U.S. Supreme Court on Title VII in granting um, uh, hiring rights to LGBTQ persons, they did not grant public accommodation. That was not that was not uh, determined by that decision. So it is a question certainly up for uh, the communities to be able to decide whether that is the case, whether they want men in women's bathrooms. And folks, that's what this is about. We're talking about the privacy rights of women and children and protecting them from actual perverts going into the restroom. We heard that time and again. And Wendy, I like what you said. Basically, it was we went door to door. We didn't go to just Republican or Democrat doors. We went to everybody in the community that was a registered voter. That was all the requirement. And yet their rights are now being denied. We're going to send a letter out to those folks. We're going to put out a press release, and we're going to let folks around Ohio know there's going to be a rallying cry. 
you know, you folks actually stood up, you did something. We may have lost at the state Supreme Court. There may be an opportunity for us to go to federal court, but I don't believe this is over. I believe the will of the people is they're going to be more determined than ever. What do you all say? Marie? Yes. Yes. How about you, Linda? You ready to fight? Yes. Sure are. And, and Wendy, I know to. you are. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think we have no choice. I think we owe it to every person who signed that petition, every volunteer, um, and then also the students and you know, in in the children in the in the city of Medina that it's going to impact. With the well, that's exactly issue. right. Well, I say God bless to the to the concerned citizens of Medina City. It was my privilege and the Ohio Christian Alliance volunteers that came out to help to work with you on this issue. We're not done. We're going to be there. We're going to continue. There might be a charter amendment. We may take this to federal court. Uh, one thing's for sure: we're going to keep feet uh, fire under the feet of politicians. Uh, because they just seem to squirm and do a political decision rather than the constitutional decision for we the people. And, folks, that's what we have to do in this representative republic. That's why we have to uh, be vigilant uh, for the times in which we live. You know, Psalm 11, verse 3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, this is a time for us to stand up, stand in the gap. We need to pray, but we also need to be active. And if you're not registered to vote, we encourage you to register and vote. And because we've got a big election coming up in November, and there's big decisions to make. Obviously, going forward, we can see there's turmoil in our country right now. And we can see the rioting and looting in American cities by radical leftists and Marxists and anarchists in our streets. And uh, we have a decision to make, and that's why we need to pray for our country. Uh, we are in a dark time right now, and as Wendy, as you said, we certainly have a time of suspension of our civil liberties, and that's, that's what's so discour- discouraging to many people right now. Uh, but folks, as you've been followers of this program, we're going to keep uh, on top of this. And in fact, the issues of churches being threatened uh, by local health departments uh, over the issue of the face mask mandate. We're going to be uh, having some pastors come on the program next week to talk about that, and that's an ongoing issue. We're getting calls all across the state into our offices of the concerns of religious liberty. Uh, but, you know, just a closing thoughts here. Uh, Wendy, uh, just uh, this hasn't caused you to give up, has it? Absolutely not. We have to continue to fight. Um, this is the best country um, in, in the history, and, you know, we all have rights. We have a constitution, and we have to continue to watch over these elected officials, whether it be a Supreme Court justice, your state rep, your federal rep, your county commissioner, city council, um, you know, what, whatever it might be, every board, board of education, um, everyone should realize that any office is important. Because things like this need to be brought out to the attention of the public. People need to know what their rights are, um, and we have to protect those rights. And we need to realize how important elections are. Elections have consequences. And whether it's the dog catcher or the city council member, we need to know who we're voting in office to make sure that we're not getting railroaded for you. Well, that's exactly right, and we have an opportunity to do that. And so uh, we're going to be paying attention as to who was with us and, and defending our constitutional rights and who was standing in the way. And folks in Medina are going to make the determination. 30. Well, I want to thank uh, Marie. I want to thank you for your courage. You, Linda, and Wendy, and all those who volunteered. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening.
Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue the following is a previously aired broadcast. And continuing our discussion on religious liberty during COVID-19, with us on the phone is Brad Dacus. He is the president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. And in California, there has been some real issues to religious liberty. We saw a story that broke over the weekend of a California church, uh, Godspeak Calvary Chapel, in which a local court actually ordered them to stop worshiping because they were had fallen out in the words of the court fallen out of compliance with the the uh, uh, the church had fallen out of compliance of COVID-19 restrictions that Governor Newsom had put into place here's another report again from John MacArthur was on with Tucker Carlson uh, just about a week ago let's go to that report right now the founders of this country had a keen understanding of the importance of religious freedom because so many of them were fleeing religious persecution. So they protected the exercise of religion in the very First Amendment to the Bill of Rights. Governor of California Gavin Newsom doesn't care. He's using his new coronavirus powers to shut down churches that disagree with him. The Episcopal Church is fine. They're fully on his team. But places like Grace Community Church in Los Angeles are not, and he's threatening to shutter them. Pastor John MacArthur runs that church and has for a long time. We're happy to have him on tonight. Pastor, thanks so much for coming on. Give us a quick overview of why you think you should reopen given the coronavirus. Well, first of all and foremost, it's a First Amendment right. This is the United States yes. of America, and the government can't intrude in worship. We stand on that amendment. Um, the, the second thing that makes this so sensible is in the state of California, there are 40 million people. 8,500 of them have died with COVID. That's .002. So in California, you have a 99.99% chance to survive COVID. 
So why would you shut down the entire state, and particularly when people are frightened and sometimes terrified that they're going to die, shut down the church where most of the intense relationships in our society exist in the life yes. of a church? It's multi-generational. We've had 21 weeks with no ministry to a thousand little children, to a thousand university students, to junior high students, high school students, senior adults. We've had no funerals, no weddings. I can't go to the hospital. I've had to go on the phone to talk to dying people at the hospital. Uh. And finally, I started preaching in an empty auditorium. I did it two weeks, three weeks, and the people, without us saying anything, started coming back. They didn't buy the narrative. They didn't buy it, and they started coming back. By the way, we're the original protesters. We go back 500 years to the Protestant Reformation. We're, we're still protesting lies and deception for the sake of the truth. So they started coming back, and they kept coming back, and last Sunday, 3,000 of them came back, and they rejoiced, and they hugged each other, and they didn't wear masks, and they sang songs, and um, they understand the reality of it. I haven't had to say anything. We finally put out a document, which you probably read, which affirms why this is right, and why it's critical yep. for our society. And I would I hope our, our viewers would read it. You're a brave man, Pastor MacArthur. I appreciate your coming on tonight. Godspeed. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless Pastor John MacArthur for taking a stand like that. And with us on the phone is attorney Brad Dawkins. Of the, he was the president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, Brad, welcome to the program. Oh, it's great to be on the program. Thank you very much. Well, uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, you're in the middle of all this out there in California. Your thoughts on all this? Yeah, well, we at Pacific Justice Institute have been giving counsel to pastors, actually all across the United States, and we now have offices on the East Coast, West Coast. Uh, the California has been probably the most problematic, uh, because uh, not because of the number of COVID-19 cases. Um, no, that's, that's New York, New Jersey. Instead, uh, it's because of the the uh, outrageous restrictions and limitations uh, being placed on churches and their ability to, to reopen. Uh, the fact is, uh, churches initially were very compliant. Uh, we were told it was going to be for two weeks, and then they could, you know, go back to, to do what they need to do. It was a two-week shutdown, and then it turned into two months, and now we're going on to month number six, and churches are now realizing, wait a minute, this isn't an emergency. This is a new norm. And uh, even the Supreme Court is, uh, and, and Attorney General Barr have, have gone on record to say, this cannot be the new norm. Uh, and so that's why so many churches, hundreds, have actually decided to reopen. Some of them are doing outdoor services, uh, but uh, a good number are doing indoor services. And we at Pacific Justice Institute uh, have been giving them specific counsel on how to do that in a way that mitigates their risk of harm. People of good faith, uh, Christian people, are always willing to give government the benefit of the doubt that they are indeed uh, making decisions that will be benefit the, the general populace and, and the, the good of mankind. But when they violate that trust, Brad, is when people really begin to start questioning. I know John MacArthur to be a good man. I know him to be a man of the Word of God in Romans 13, submitting to the authority as submitting on to God. He believes that, but he also understands the fundamental right of freedom of worship and who we are intricately as Christian believers, 
and our reliance is upon God ultimately. And when it comes down to serving either God or man, we're going to serve God. And so this has uh, really been a sentinel across the country. But then comes this other story out of uh, Ventura County and this uh, this judge. Tell us about what happened in this court case there. Yeah, this is a, a Calvary Chapel church, and uh, the pastor decided, you know, just like Pastor Dr. John McCarthy said, um, you know, Pastor Rob Hurt says, uh, Rob Corey says, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to open up the, the church, and uh, we're going to have church services. And he was uh, ordered uh, by the public health department through the uh, city council there uh, that, uh, that he had to, uh, you know, not have a church. He could not meet in the church building. Uh, it was not logistically viable for them to have an outdoor service uh, for a number of reasons. And uh, they went ahead and had the church service. Well, then uh, the uh, the public health official got a, in the city got a, a temporary restraining order uh, from a court, from a judge, ordering them not to have their church service. They had their church service. Uh, the order said that not only is the injunction against the pastor, but also uh, a thousand of his members. So the first 1,000 that show up, they'll be given misdemeanors and, and uh, prosecuted as well, uh, along with the pastor. Uh, more than a thousand showed up, and uh, now it's going to go to the next phase, which will be probably a preliminary injunction hearing. Uh, but it's a it's, it's brutal. There are the, the, you know, these different governmental entities under the blessings of Governor Gavin Newsom are going to, uh, on, a, on a purging, if you will, to tear down the churches, to make them so they, uh, they cannot meet, even if it's no longer justified based on health and safety risk and CDC uh, Center for Disease Control criteria. Uh, the governor's gone beyond that, and much to the, uh, the, the danger and harm to uh, these churches being able to function and minister to the needs of so many. Jesus warned his generation, he said, if they're doing these things in the daylight, what will happen when night comes? You know, Brad, this is really frightening, I think, to a lot of people. Here in Ohio, we're seeing where the governor, DeWine, has stated one thing. At first, we complimented the governor because he didn't order the church. But at the same token, he would send mixed messages about gatherings of 10. And then he would go on this little diatribe of ugly shaming Christians who would gather in larger numbers and why would you want to infect your fellow man? And what Christian of good worth would want to do that? And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm, why are you saying this? I mean, churches are already doing hand sanitizers, social distancing. They did the drive-in service. They weren't meeting in person for months. And then, then comes this face mask order about 10 days ago for the entire state of Ohio again, because some counties saw a resurgence of infections, not deaths or hospitalizations or ICUs, no, of infections. Uh, rates were up okay and, and like we said the disease is here the virus is here people are going to get it and they're actually not getting as sick as they were on the front end of this thing where you ha- did have more hospitalizations you did have more fatalities in fact ohio for the last three weeks going into our fourth week is below the pandemic levels of death and that means the emergency orders of the state ought to be suspended 
but they're not, Brad, and they're not surrendering the authority that they, they, once they get that power, they don't want to release it. There are those who are considering challenging that legally because it looks as if Governor DeWine, now he's empowered departments of health who are making intimidating and threatening calls to churches about finding them, and in one instance here in Summit County that we've confirmed, shutting the church down. This is in Ohio. This isn't California or New Jersey or Virginia or New York. This is Ohio. So this is all over, and we're very concerned about it. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, first off, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, your governor is a a Democrat, correct? He's not. He's a Republican. Republican. Yeah, some would say (laughs) they'd begin to question that, though, now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because what we've noticed is, is usually these problems uh, of over you know usurpation of power and, and rights of others uh, has been we've mostly in the blue states, so it's a, a little surprising. Uh, but I, I think nonetheless, uh, you know, we need to call it out for what it is, and this is uh, unjustified government control. You know, when this thing first broke out, a couple of observations. First, um, it was much stronger. It was a much stronger virus. Uh, it has unquestionably weakened. Um, this is that's not even up for debate. It has weakened, and studies show that it has weakened dramatically. That's why the fatalities have gone down. Yes, one reason for so number of cases. And one number two is we know who's at risk, and we know who is not at risk. So uh, when we have younger people, uh, you know, I say those under the age of sixty, for example, the risk goes down considerably, especially under the age of forty. Um, young people, there's no material risk at all. In fact, it's, the risk level is some days even lower than the traditional flu. So there's no reason our school shouldn't be open um, at this point. And uh, if teachers need special accommodation because they're at risk, because they're, they're overweight and they're elderly, um, et cetera, then uh, that can be accommodated. But this, 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 these actions are unreasonable, they're illogical, and it's, it's very dangerous because if they get away with it, uh, they'll set a precedent for future tyranny in the future uh, over other you know, pretexts to shut down churches, and uh, because it is illogical, we cannot deny the uh, the spiritual dimension to this as well. I I cannot just look at this just from the legal, because it is too nonsensical from the legal perspective and the scientific perspective, uh, without acknowledging the uh, what I believe is a clear spiritual dimension to close down the churches, shut them down, and we brought and uh, and then reap the. The the, uh, the results of that, which we've seen in our nation, uh, non coincidentally over the last few months. That's exactly right. We're talking with Brad Dacus. He is the president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. And they advocate for religious liberty uh, in states across the country. Brad, I agree with you, and that's why we're taking the action at the Ohio Christian Alliance to follow up on these threats coming from departments of health in multiple counties now. In one week, our uh, office received several calls from three different counties, urban counties. That represents thousands of churches, potentially, uh, that uh, are under the gun of these health departments. And when we got a public records request back from one urban county, we found that 14 calls were made in 10 days and exchanges and then, of course, threats leveled against these churches. And we've got records requests in other places. Somebody says, well, why care about, you know, this church that got a call? Well, it's another leaf that falls off the tree of liberty. And like you said, if we let it go, then it will only get so much worse uh, as time goes on. In fact, 
I've been doing this for 20 years, Brad, advocating for the church, being a voice for the church in Columbus and Washington, D.C. with our organization. And this is a this is a watermark we've never reached before. That's why it's an alarm. That uh, That's why we said urgent. We don't normally use that word when we put out an email. We're not like those groups that just trying to get attention. When we say urgent, we mean it. And so folks are watching, and they're even listening and watching in Columbus. And what the governor can really clear this up by really rescinding the order and also saying it doesn't apply to houses of worship and stop calling them over this. And so uh, it's up to the governor. He can actually set it right. I believe we ought to appeal to go- to uh, government and those in positions of authority. And if not, we have to appeal other places. So we're going to do that first. And then if we don't get any satisfaction there, we will s- file a letter with the U.S. Department of Justice because we can't allow this kind of tyrannical activity of departments of health just to happen here in Ohio and not have government officials address it. Your thoughts? Well, you're you're right. Uh, it needs to be uh, it needs to be obviously uh, addressed and, and contested, uh, and, uh, and and churches need to be uh, united. One thing I like about your organization, frankly, is that uh, you do that. Uh, you help to uh, unite uh, institutions and uh, and uh, including institutions of faith, those who appreciate religious freedom, and that's why it's so important that that, uh, that we not be divided, that we be united when the uh, the, the control and the threats of control are so great. You know, in California, we had a, a, a mandate from the governor saying people couldn't sing in a church. Uh, they had to just, uh, you know, watch the music on the screen, I guess, or watch the words on the screen. I guess. They couldn't sing uh, oh. or listen to it, or being played to them on a, on a tape or something. Uh, it, you know, and that was outrageous. We had Pacific Justice, we researched it, and we found out the actual order actually wasn't, binding on anyone uh, in the church uh, singing and uh, you know attending the church uh, but it's that those kind of intimidation tactics that are, are so serious and that's why we um, try to empower and equip churches one of the things we've got on our website is it's a, it's a 96 point checklist on how to safely and legally reopen your church we have another one for private schools reopening uh, we have some you know cities and governments governors telling private schools that they can't reopen. Uh, well, we're giving instruction on how they can actually do that uh, legally and practically and overcome those uh, mandates uh, by governors and by cities uh, to do it, um, to get around it and to, to keep, continue with what God's called them to do. So uh, we need to be tactical. We need to be wise. Um, but we also need courage uh, because uh, we have to stand up to it and be willing to uh, to pay the, the, the price if necessary uh, to prevent this tyranny from happening in the future. If enough churches stand up. Uh, then uh, we know that the governor's hands will be tied. His authority is limited to the extent to which it is respected. Amen. um, We've seen that before, and that's why we should never forget that as a people and and a nation. Great work at the Pacific Justice Institute. Attorney Brad Dacus. Uh, Brad, what's the uh, website again so folks can visit there? Yes, and like any of our resources, I'd like to keep up with our cases and what we're doing, particularly on the West Coast but across the country. It's simply... Uh, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute, PJI.org, PJI.org. We can remember that, and we'll make it a, a, a link on our website as well. I know that you're busy, friend, and thank you, and you, you have a radio program yourself, and you're on 170 stations. So, those, so thanks for stopping by at News and Focus Day. We really appreciate it. Always, it's a pleasure. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back on the other side with some closing thoughts. Almighty God, our sons 
pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Again, I want to thank uh, Brad Dacus for coming on the program. Again, the president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. We're going to have him back. And again, their website is pji.org. Again, that's pji.org. And again, they're just not doing work in California, but in states across the country. And we need these type of legal societies that are advocating for religious liberty and for pro-life causes. And that's what the Pacific Justice Institute does, along with Liberty Council. Uh, and, of course, ADF. I want to talk to you a little bit about voter registration. And, of course, uh, voter registration is happening now in churches called the Citizenship Sunday Program. That's a voter registration effort at your church. You can go to our website at ohioca.org and download the Citizenship Sunday Packet just on the icon right at the top. Click on that. Nine pages will load, which will include a voter registration form, an application for absentee ballot, a church's do's and don'ts of how you can conduct a nonpartisan voter registration at your church, including a request for voter guides. The Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide, of course, will be produced, and we're in the process of uh, continuing to receive surveys back to our office. Uh, a couple ways that we do this. Uh, during the primary, we send out surveys to all candidates running for Ohio House, Ohio Senate, Congressional, and uh, any other statewide offices. Uh, this year, there, of course, there is no statewide office holders on the ballot. That will be in two years. But uh, Congress, Ohio House, Ohio Senate, of course, the presidential race. And uh, though that information is being compiled. Uh, we haven't even gotten through the convention yet of both the DNC and the old, uh, RNC conventions. And, of course, uh, the conventions will be conducted in a different way virtually uh, here in the next few weeks. And then, of course, Mr. Biden has chosen his running mate, 
and all that's been decided. So we're compiling all that information of where the candidates stand on important issues, pro-life, pro-family, religious liberty, taxes on families, uh, uh, the Second Amendment, our military, uh, issues of that, national security, and actually security in the streets of America. One thing that we've seen is anarchy reign in our cities. Our major cities right now have been boarded up due to anarchists, uh, riots and looting that has happened in our cities, in some of the liberal states across the country, in New York, in Illinois, in California, uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon, in uh, Seattle, Washington. Terrible images that we've all seen on the TV screens. And these are anarchists. We've talked about Antifa on this program. Well, all those kinds of issues will be in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide. And you can obtain that for your church. And it's free of charge. Uh, if you'd like to make a contribution to the Ohio Christian Alliance. In fact, if you appreciate the news and reviews you get here on News and Focus each week, uh, please make a contribution at our website. Again, just Google Ohio Christian Alliance or uh, go to ohioca.org and click on the donate button and make a contribution of any size is appreciated. And we thank you for that. And also, uh, when we talk about Citizenship Sunday, now through October 5th, October 5th is the deadline, so that Sunday just before, that would be October 3rd, would be the last Sunday to hold a Citizenship Sunday, because you've got to get those uh, voter registrations in the uh, Board of Election offices the next day, because October 5th is the deadline before the election of November. And folks, this one is going to be critical. And so... There, there are actually statistics that half of evangelicals are not even registered to vote. Folks, that's appalling. We need, as Christian people, to register to vote our values. Not telling you who to vote for, but what I am saying, vote your values, vote your Bible, vote your worldview, the Christian worldview. Vote for the principles of America. If you see a candidate standing on those things, and that's what we try to do with the voter guide. We survey candidates, and then they respond, and then we put the uh, information in the voter guide. And like we say, we, we report, you decide. And so that's what the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide does. So, but again, conducting a Citizenship Sunday voter registration effort at your church any Sunday will work. Our next one is September 6th. We just concluded one this last Sunday. number of churches across the state participated. Some are picking their own date that will work for them. But the next uh, targeted date is September 6th, and we hope that you'll join us for that. And let us know by going to our website. And again, supporting the work of the Ohio Christian Alliance as we advocate for faith, family, and freedom in the public square. We want to thank you for doing that and tuning in each week on this broadcast. We're in the next few weeks, we're going to have pastor roundtables. We're going to talk about some of the current issues that are going on in our country. We're also going to be talking to some elected office holders who are running for office so you can hear in their own words where they stand on the issues. And so all that will be here in News and Focus. And please do forward. Uh, this information if you're on our email list and you can go to our website again uh, to sign up to the email list of the Ohio Christian Alliance we send out timely emails on important issues and then of course we send out this broadcast in a podcast that you can share with family and friends tune in again next week as we'll be uh, interviewing some folks on some very critical issues but again if you've missed any of today's program you can always hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org thanks for listening God bless have a great week
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.